Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Dynasty Sports Podcast. Today, we'll be discussing some very new, interesting topics. Uh, I'm Micah, and my co-hosts are Seth, Nolan, and Max. Uh, I'll hand it over to Seth to start. Um, so, the first thing we're going to be discussing is um, the Blue Jays and uh, Rogers Communications are finalizing plans of a $200-$250 million renovation of Rogers Center, which could include a redesign of the stadium's lower bowl. And so, um, to me, I'll just start it off with, it's much needed. I mean, the Rogers Center, the dome experience, it's really fun. Like, looking up and seeing the CN Tower, that's always awesome. But the amenities, they're dated. And that, that, that's just that. What do you guys think? Um, well, I think that one of the other problems with the Rogers Center was always that it was kind of like when they built it, it was a very modern stadium. And obviously not much has been done to it since it was first built. So I think, yeah, it's it's a 32-year-old uh, building. And so I think that this is definitely needed. I think they, they said that they're planning on, um, you know, mm-hmm. making it even more modern. I think a lot of people kind of recently have maybe wanted somewhat of an old-school type of experience, like Wrigley Field or Fenway. But I think because of when the stadium was built and when the Blue Jays came into the league, that's not really possible. So they're, they're going to make it more modern, and I think it's a, it's a really good idea. Uh, so I agree. Like, it's always been at the bottom for the nicest stadiums. It's always been bottom 10. Maybe some people even had bottom 5. So it's, it hasn't been a nice stadium, at least for a while. It was always at the bottom. And, yeah, I think a lot of people wanted renovations and – some people maybe didn't, but I think I don't, I don't know anyone who didn't want renovations. I mean, to be honest, to me, I think you have to pick a lane. Like if you're if you're Wrigley Field or if you're Fenway Park, you're vintage, you're historic, and that's that that's the identity of those stadiums. So they they they're cool automatically. And then you know the newer stadiums like Texas's new stadium, they're modern. And I think the Jays are just somewhere in the middle of that, and they need to pick a direction. And I think you know you got to go modern and really I totally freshen agree. up the stadium. And um, you also just it pretty much um, the only thing that matters is what the fan thinks if the fans think of the stadium. So I think they should listen to the people of Toronto and do what they think is best. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the other things with the stadium is they're talking about obviously 200 to $250 million. Um, and they said that that was going to be for mostly the lower bowl, but I think, one of the problems has also been the seats. So I just, I think that obviously it's um, it's a good business strategy because now everyone's going to want to see the more modern lower bowl, which is obviously more expensive than sitting in the 500s or something like that. But I, I just hope that they don't um, just change like the lower bowl and then do nothing anywhere else because I feel like that would just be kind of weird. So I th- I think, I hope that they at least change the seating everywhere because the seats are awful in Rogers Center. I agree. I mean, like, they just they just built that new, completely new um, complex, training complex in Dunedin, and that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So they, yeah. they're they top of the line in that, and I'm sure, I'm sure it'll look great, and I'm sure it'll, you know, 
fix a bunch of problems. So I think it's it's good. It's a win win for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just I also have another question, kind of relating to this topic. Do you think that obviously with creating the new training complex in Dunedin, um, and now with the updates and the more modern field, they're gonna potentially, you know, change the change the field. Um, so, do you think that could also potentially attract more players to come play for Toronto with you know their state of the art training complex and now their new modern type of stadium? Yeah, I um, think so. Um, yeah, a big thing for players is also like the is also the popularity of teams. So like, um, I know in the MLB, the Yankees, the probably the Mets and maybe now beginning the Rays are like big markets and people want to go there. And in the NBA, it's like the Lakers, the Knicks, like just rich teams with a lot of history and players are immediately attracted to go there. But Toronto teams are in both the MLB and the NBA are international and they're like the only international teams in those leagues. So automatically players want to go there less. So like, I think that updating their stadium and their training facilities are a great idea and probably will attract some more young players. Yeah. And um, we saw Marcus Simeon had that quote a while back, you know, he one of the best single season uh, season tallies for a second baseman ever. And he had that quote where he was like, um, some of the most beautiful training complexes and that and that that was he said that would that would that inclined him to stay here you know that maybe i mean he obviously ended up signing a huge contract with the rangers but he 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 quoted the amazing amenities that the dunedin complex has so for sure it'll track players 100 percent yeah um so one thing um about the blue jays also that I wanted to maybe discuss was the rumors of Freddie Freeman. You know, the uh, obviously he's widely expected to return to the Braves, but now they're talking about LA and Toronto, maybe even New York potentially being in on him. And Carlos Baerga, the uh, the person that first reported the rumors of Freddie Freeman potentially being linked to the Jays. I, I believe he also was first on the Marcus Simeon signing and mm-hmm. a few other signings for the Jays last year. Um, so what do you guys think of those rumors? So I honestly think the Jays are going to try to get him and have a good push, but I don't think he's really a good fit because we already have Vladdy at first. I, I don't think we should really move him to like DH or third because he was good fielding. He was good at fielding at first. I know Freeman's like a gold lover, but I think uh, Vladdy's good enough. He's still a good fielder there. And we can honestly use that money for bullpen or maybe even a third baseman or second baseman. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest here. We're not... I mean, we're talking about Freddie Freeman here. And for me, you do anything you can to get him in the field. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., not that good at first base. 17th, OAA doesn't like him, 17th percentile. That's how it's above average. Um, but I, realistically, I don't think it's the best fit. And I think if any team's going to get him that's not the Braves, it's going to be the Dodgers 100%. I, I just don't think the Jays can move around that kind of money and get that done because 
there are so many extensions to so, so many young players and pitchers and, you know, guys like that, that they have to get done before they can go out and sign these big free agents. So I don't, I don't think they should shift too far from the plan. I think they need to stick with what they have now. Don't go for Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Um, what other teams are interested in him, do you think? I think it's Dodgers and Braves, really. But, I mean, uh, the Yankees are always pretty much in on everyone. Yeah, well... Yeah, and they need um, a left-handed first baseman. So, something that I wanted to point out was that... I don't know if you guys um, know about the At The Letters podcast with Arden Zwelling and Ben Nicholson-Smith. I don't know. Have, no. you guys, have you guys heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they were they were just... I was watching a little bit of their last one where they were answering some uh, fan questions. And obviously one of the topics was Freddie Freeman. And Arden Zwelling actually made some very good points by saying that the Jays realistically are probably not going to sign him. And that's because the Blue Jays are always in on everybody. And he said that it's also because they're not just in to be in on a player and make themselves look better. But he also pointed out that, well, with Freddie Freeman, he pointed out that they're, they're probably in on him to see what a huge first baseman, what their contract could look like because they obviously have Vladdy. So, you know, Vladdy's going to end up making a bit more than Freddie. But I think the other thing is, you know, it, that's that's a great point because they have, they obviously have Vladdy, who this season was probably the best hitter in the MLB. And some would probably consider him now the best first baseman in the league. I mean, maybe not yet, but after next season, if he, you know, does half as good as this, he'll be the best first baseman in the league. So, you know, when you're dealing with the top two first basemen in the league here with Vladdy and Freddie Freeman, in my opinion. So even though Vladdy is going to end up having a higher AAV than Freddie, they're going to see, you know, someone like Freddie, who's into his early 30s now, what should Vladdy be making around that time? That's probably why they're in on him because they want to see what is he going to make and how can you compare that to Vladdy? So I think the chance of them getting him is very slim. There's a possibility. I don't think they're going to do it. Um, and they're probably just using it to compare him to Vladdy. Well, I think, I think we need to also start looking at it from other teams' perspectives here. Like who... Who do the Bra- if the Braves don't sign Freddie Freeman, who do they have at first base? Right now, um, the fan grass projected player is or- Orlando Arcia, who from what I've seen has never even played first base in his career, but that's just the guy. And he had like a negative o- OPS plus. He had a uh, 49 OPS plus last year. Oh, holy. So like, the Braves need him. And then the other team, the Dodgers, Max Muncy's going to be out long term. They think could be half half of next season, which is huge. They, that means they don't really have a first baseman. So I think it just logically makes more sense to be down to those two teams. I just don't see the Blue And the, Yan- the Yankees, too. Well, the Yankees, too. But to me, I think Maddelson, I think Maddelson ends up there. That, that's, that's where I stand right now, which is a different conversation. Yeah, well, another, another point for the Blue Jays with Freddie is, at this point, Vladdy, if they were to sign Freddie, it's just, it's honestly a horrible fit. Like, Freddie Freeman is a gold glove first baseman. So switching out him and Vladdy between first base and DH makes no sense. You have a defender like Freddie Freeman, you need to use him. 
But then another one of Harden's Williams' points was that you're not moving Freddie to third to have them both in the field because Freddie's played about a dozen games at third. You're not moving Vladdy back because they're too focused on him at first base. And he statistically in his rookie year was the worst third baseman defensively in the league. And so if you sign Freddie Freeman and you use him as the first baseman and move Vladdy to DH, it also just takes away the past two and a half years' work that they've been trying to do with Vladdy. And getting him comfortable defensively has also made him progress offensively. So at this point, you have to just continue at first base with Vladdy because if you stop any part of his development, it's just it's not going to go well. Like You stop his development defensively and you try and either move him to a different position or focus on him at DH only, it's just, it's it's not going to work because that's going to translate into his hitting and it's just, his development is going it, to, it's going to be ruined if they try moving him now. They just have to continue with what they're doing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, anything that's going to upset Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at this point, why would you do that? Why would you risk anything? Why would you risk changing anything in his game right now? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we can yeah. move on. To the next yeah. topic, Mike. Well, do you want now the next topic? We'll, over there. I think it's gonna go back to Freddie and the um, the loyalty. We're gonna it's gonna be tested to the Braves, which is gonna move us on to our next point, which is players' loyalty to teams. Uh, um, Mike, mm-hmm. do you want to get started? Uh, yeah. Um, so loyalty in sports is a huge thing for coaches, players, uh, management, everything. So. In all sports, MLB, NHL, NBA, like everything. Um, players such as Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, I could name a ton more, uh, are extremely loyal to their teams and have never left them or like thought of leaving at all um, or requested a trade or anything. And fans are very appreciative of that. But however, is this good for the sport or bad for the sport? Because... Some upsides are uh, the city uh, like gets a great player for decades that they can appreciate. And yeah, uh, but also it kind of makes the league less interesting and it doesn't give players too many options. And I feel like they feel like they have to stay with the team. Otherwise, they'll be considered a snake. Like an example is Kevin Durant, who who left his drafted team, which was the um, OKC Thunder and then he went to the Warriors, who had previously beaten him in the semifinals the year before. And so people are still calling him a snake to this day. But how, I, like, I think that he's not a snake, and players should be allowed to leave their teams and not be ridiculed for it. Because it's just part of, it's all about money, and it's, it's just part of the sport. What do you guys think? Well, you well know, I think, sorry, Seth, you go, you go, you go. Okay, well, I think we should just, like, maybe have a vote like who thinks who thinks players staying loyal to their teams is a good thing for the sport and then we can just talk about that who who thinks that like who thinks players should just think, stick I don't think team. players should stay loyal no me neither I think they should just be free to move teams yeah, yeah. well they like, technically are but it's just like fans yeah, yeah, yeah. that get mad well yeah the, the thing is at the end of the day sports is just like every league is a business yeah so they're gonna go somewhere where 
they're going to make the most money and, you know, have a chance to win. Just want to be loyal to their team. Like, that's up to them. If they want to leave, that's also up to them. But I think, like, loyalty in sports, it's kind of, it's complicated. Because, like, you have a guy like Steph Curry, for example, who's been on the Warriors his whole career. But, like, well, he's been on the Warriors, like, they're the best team in the league this year so far. They won, like, back-to-back championships and made, like, five straight NBA finals. So he's going to be loyal to his team. You know, they're going to pay him a ton of money because he's one of the best players in the league. And, you know, he's winning championships there. So he's going to be loyal to that team. But then, like, you look at someone, for example, like Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry was, like, the most loyal Raptor ever, right? Like, he... He always wanted to be here. He always signed extensions. But now it's gotten to the point where the Raptors, they have to, like, they have to try and rebuild now. They have to focus more on their younger players. So, you know, it, as loyal as he was, and, you know, still very loyal to the Raptors, but as loyal as he was, like, he's 34 now, or 35, and so... He wants to give himself a chance to win. And mm-hmm. he said after he signed with Miami, like, he's doing this also to create generational wealth for, you know, his family. And that that's completely fair. Like, he was so loyal to the Raptors. He did a ton of things for us. And he got himself to the point where he was loyal enough and so respected within Toronto that everyone was okay for him to leave. Yeah. He didn't see him as a snake. It was okay for him to leave because... We wanted him to go to a team where he could win a championship. We yeah, wanted... because, like, we yeah, respect like... him and we want just want the best for him in his career. Yeah, and like, yeah. and I think the other thing, like, you look at Kevin Durant and like people call him a snake. I think he was just doing the same thing. He went to a team that was going to pay him a lot of money, where he knew he could win a championship. And the problem was, he just wasn't completely a veteran yet. He was still, you know. He was, he was like five years in his, his career. Yeah, well, he was still in his kind of younger stages, like mid twenties, with you know Westbrook and Harden, and so him leaving at that time, he you know they hadn't done enough in OKC yet to the point where he was respected enough, and they they would respect it if he left because he didn't bring anything back to that city that they call him a snake because, you know, like, he didn't win a championship for them. He wasn't part of a championship team in OKC. Kyle Lowry was part of the championship Toronto team and stayed loyal here for years. So I think that that's the difference. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Like, when when John Tavares left the Islanders for Toronto, I think Islanders fans were so upset because it didn't feel like his chapter there was over, you know? Yeah. He was the first overall pick. You know, Islanders fans loved him from the get-go. He was the captain early on, and they never won that championship. They never made it past the second round in the playoffs. So it just didn't feel like his chapter was over. And by the time that happened, he had signed a seven-year deal in Toronto, and Islanders fans are now completely ruthless towards him, which I don't think is the right way to approach it. But that's just, you know, there's a reason why they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I also see where they're coming well, from because, like... Of course I do, 100%. Like, it's hard to see, like... People are extremely into sports nowadays. Like, it's it's kind of a lifestyle in some cities. So, like, to see, like, a favorite player leave for millions of fans, like, that's just a huge letdown, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's tough to just get over and, like, you know, okay, whatever. No yeah, but I also, I also think some people 
don't really treat athletes like humans sometimes and just see them like sort of like celebrities and play things for them to like kind of manipulate and like not really respect on the same level like if you were to walk up to your neighbor and say the things that they say to those players online then like that would be terrible yeah like um like athletes are humans too they it's like all about it's pretty much all about money and family for them so like it's not like if they leave for a reason then it's not fair to like absolutely go off at them on social media and do things like that you wouldn't do to other people yeah well i think like draymond green for example after the christmas day game with golden state um he he had an interview and he was just talking about how like Christmas Day games are looked at from, you know, from the outside looking in. From a fan's point of view, it's great for them. You know, they get to watch basketball on Christmas Day. You know, if you're a basketball fan, it's great for you. It's a great way to celebrate Christmas. But he said, like, at the same time, those are the same people who are still at home watching from their couches celebrating Christmas. Well, like, he's there and... He, I, I think he said he has a, a daughter or something that's like two years old, and now he's missed her first two Christmases because he's had to play on yeah. Christmas Day for the past two years, and yeah. he's also on the road, so it's not like he can just go home after the game. He, mm-hmm. he's got to wait like days until he can go back and yeah. see see his kids and celebrate Christmas. Yeah, like yeah. I, I definitely agree with what you guys are saying. Like, player, they are humans. They mostly play this sport to have fun, to win championships, and for money. It's it's their job. Like, they can go to another team if they want, if they get paid more money. They definitely have the right to. And yeah. I get why people are mad, but they, they could be sad, but I don't think they should really get mad at the player or anything. Cause... Yeah, like, sports, sports is just a job at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it's hard like, for some people to realize that. Yeah, like like people who have other jobs, they you know they get to spend time with their families and do whatever they want. If they leave their company, they're not gonna be like you know, trashed on about it. But like at the end of the day, in sports, you make a lot more money because you have a ton of people that just want to watch you, and so you make a ton of money. But like you're out there to do a job, and if you're good at your job, you win a championship. It, like it just like in anything else, you're good at your job, you get rewarded, you get a promotion. you get a bonus. Yeah, like, but I think the other thing about like players' loyalty is that, in my opinion, loyalty, it like it doesn't really exist. It's kind of, it's just like that respect factor, like, it's it's have you done enough for for that team or that city that you're respected enough to leave like that but that's, that's what subjective I, about. I mean like there's no like official level of stuff that you've done like it's all just like if a fan thinks that if you won like the semifinals one year and a fan thinks that okay you've done enough you can leave or but like another fan is like no you haven't won our championship yet so don't leave like it's all subjective so like there's no there's no like fine line where players um can leave their city or not like it's just yeah. it's just about personal preference yeah. I, 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 I like I agree with you but at the same time it's the same like Durant they didn't they won 
the first two rounds, and then they always would lose to Golden State. And so it doesn't matter how many rounds he won because no one was ever going to be happy with him for leaving because he just he was there for a long time, always winning the first and second round mm-hmm. and never being able to make it past the third round and just left to the team that he could never beat. And that's why no OKC fan like, likes him anymore. Yeah. But, like, again, going back to the same point with Kyle Lowry, he stayed here. He went through all of those, you know, not being able to get through LeBron and the Cavs in the semifinals. And he stayed here. He, you know, he, as they would call it, trusted the process and they made a big trade. Um, and they won a championship because he stayed here long enough. But I think the other thing was like, when when DeMar got traded, I feel like, I, how, like, how do you guys feel about that? Because he was a player that was extremely loyal and wanted to stay in Toronto and they, yeah. And he got traded because he was never able to get past mm-hmm. uh, LeBron and the Cavs. But in the end, they got Kawhi Leonard, who ended up probably be, being who was the arguably the best player in the NBA and certainly the best player in the playoffs. So and yeah. he got well, a championship out of it. So what do you think about like teams trading loyal players for rental players that are potentially just going to be there for one year, but that end up getting a championship out of that. Well, like, at the end of the day, the, like, general managers, or I don't know what it is in basketball that make the trades, they, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they all, it's their job to try to win championships. So, I mean, they did, they, I think it's sad that we did trade away DeMar, but at the end of the day, we won a championship. They, they did their job. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, like, well, that's the business factor. Like, team team sports don't care if players are loyal. Yeah, they think, do what they need to do to win a championship. I think those um those types of those types of trades where teams swap you know long time players for rentals. I honestly think that happens more in basketball. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a situation where that's happened in hockey or baseball. But yeah. um, I mean, look, I think obviously it worked out for the Raptors, but. DeMar DeRozan was, he was a fan favorite for all those years. All those, you know, decent little playoff runs. But it, it did feel like it was not really going anywhere. So, I don't even yeah. know how to feel. I don't remember how I felt at the time. Uh, to be I think um, team sport athletes are, they're players. They, like, they played the game, but they're also assets at the end of the day. So, like, like, if you think about it like this way, like, imagine DeMar DeRozan as, like, uh, like a hundred dollars, and like Kawhi Leonard has like a hundred dollars or like a hundred and one dollars. You're just exchanging them for like future use, and it's not like they are players, and they some may have been loyal to their teams, but like in the end of the, like at the end of the day, um, GMs are just trying to win chips and championships, and they're trying to win. And so trading like a loyal player for someone that helps you win a championship is definitely a good, like I'd rather have, like I'd rather have someone on my team who like would a hundred percent win me a championship than someone who's been on the team for like a long time. And just, I have like a personal connection to, you know what I mean? Well, like loyalty also, I feel like, like, I feel like it only exists when, the players on a team and they have a, a chance to win 
the championship. Because, like, like for example, you look at a guy like um, Anthony Davis, for example. He he was on New Orleans for multiple years. He was there for a while, and you know, always thought that after a few bad seasons, they would end up getting high draft picks, rebuilding, and being good. And then they weren't good. And even though he agreed to like a four-year contract with them, you know, he he just decided all of a sudden that after being loyal, but his team didn't give him a chance to win a championship, that now all of a sudden he was just going to say that he didn't want to be there anymore, even though he agreed to that contract. And he got traded to the Lakers where he has a chance to win a championship. Or like even Kawhi Leonard, after... After the 2019 season, when he won the championship with the Raptors, they they said that w- the one guy that he really wanted to play with after that season was Paul George. And he went to the Clippers. He said, trade for Paul George and I'll come to the team. And Paul George got traded there. Kawhi went there. And the Raptors mm-hmm. had a chance to trade for Paul George and Russell Westbrook. But they knew that that wasn't what was going to be good for their for their team, and so they didn't do it. But that's the thing: like, players are loyal when they're in control. Like, they they'll be loyal to a team who they can just bully around and say, "You have to do this for me, and then I'll stay here." And I hate that because that's not how contracts work. Like, when you agree to sign a four-year contract, you agreed to it. Like, you agreed to be there for four years and to play for that team. Why, like, why all of a sudden do you just get to decide that you just want to leave them? It, it's well, just like you didn't have to sign the contract then. Well, I mean, and, and that's the part that I hate. I mean, that that's a basketball thing for sure. I'm not in no other sport can really the, the players come and demand stuff like that. It just doesn't really the, happen. It's a, well, I the think NHL it, that happens in the NHL. No, you can well, demand can, trades. That's can you not give me true. an example though? But like demanding a team trade for a player, then you come there. No, no, you that can I'm... like you can demand to be traded. Of course. Yeah, you yeah, but yeah. the the, the Kawhi Paul George thing, that's 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 rare. In other in other Yeah, sports. but what about the but No, it's like... it's not rare though. It's not rare. Can, because... can you give me an example? Can you give me an example though? Because here's the thing, with Kawhi and Paul George, you that's a good example because there was a name. There was a name of someone that Kawhi yeah. wanted to play with. But like if you look at LeBron James for example, there's never been any specific names that he said he wants to go out and get. But, like, you see that it, it's very obvious that LeBron yeah. has a say in what the Lakers do. Like, Yeah, but that's he, very rare, though. LeBron is legit. the best player. Like, he's one of the best players in the world, and he's the face of the league. So that's I feel like that's a little bit different. I mean, Connor McDavid doesn't get that type of... Yeah, but I, I guess I guess it is different because Connor McDavid, you know, he hasn't cemented himself as one of the best players of all time yet. But you know, no, I think LeBron is. I think he probably. Has. Well, he's he's played five years. LeBron's been LeBron's what thirty six. He's played like sixteen seasons. Yeah, so so it is different. Yeah. But I well, don't see it, I don't see McDavid also, commanding the Oilers. It's different also because you look at like McDavid for example, but. At the end of the day, with Connor McDavid, while he's on the ice, there's four other guys that he's playing with. Yeah. Right. Like. And Hawkins so he, he, it's not like he gets to decide the other three forward lines and 
two defensive lines and all the goalies. Like, there's a lot more players there. A lot more goes into that because, like, with LeBron, for example, he's at some point going to end up playing with every single player that's on the Lakers roster. So, you know, like, in in that situation, LeBron wants to decide who he's going to play with. He doesn't want to play with bums. He's going to say, get me these guys, and I'm fine to play with all of them. But like, yeah, but that's David, a large it, exception because, like, yeah, I I bet you've seen like even like the memes on like Instagram, like that LeBron controls the Lakers, like LeGM. Yeah, LeGM. Like, yeah, he he does on, but only on like a base level because like he doesn't have the power of like a general manager, but he does have the power to like sway what his team does because he's so good and can just like threaten to leave. And that's, like, a power that, like, very few players have and use to their advantage. But 100%. It's, yeah. I, it's like, not really, though. Because, like, I feel like every team has at least one or two guys that, like, if they said, I'm going to leave if you don't do this, you, they, would use, do, um, they would make that move. But that's... Use the, use the Spurs as an example. Use the San Antonio Spurs as an example. Who, who do they have? They have, um, what's his name? Dejounte Murray. Yeah, but he, he is not. He is not a. But franchise that's the thing. He isn't. He isn't. Look, he he's not. He's not a superstar. He's not an all-star caliber player. But he's having a good year, and he's the player that they're going to build around. So if one good year, to leave, if they one good do play, something, like, it's disrespectful. Team. I mean, it, there there is that factor of it's disrespectful to go up to your GM who's drafted you and and demand that they do something when you've only you're if you're not a superstar. It's just like it's. It comes off as it, it, it comes is, off but, on your character. But at the end of the day, if the GM isn't respected, then well, like, that, the GMs are respected by their players. They have to they, be, or else they they're fine. But but what I'm trying to say is like Masai Ujiri, the GM of the Raptors, he built a championship team from nothing. He built like he he built a championship squad from acquiring obviously Kawhi, who was their superstar, mm-hmm. but also like. He's very well respected because, and the coaches on the Raptors are very well respected because of the player development. Like they developed Pascal and Freddie from nobodies to all-star caliber players and most improved players. And you know they they went out and tr- they made what looked like small trades for guys like Marcus Saul, which ended up, ended up being huge and were, was a huge factor in their championship. So that's what makes that the management respected in Toronto, which is why. Guys like Pascal or Freddie, who they know without the Raptors, they wouldn't be nearly as good as they were. That's why they signed extensions. That's why they wouldn't do something like that. But yeah, but you when, don't see like, like you don't see like um like for example like Pascal Siakam like demanding trades and like forcing his general manager to do stuff like it. It's that there's like a huge margin of difference between him and. LeBron James, Steph Curry, you're right. like you're right, but at the same time, like with with Pascal, there was also the report last year that he got in a huge argument with Nick Nurse, and you know he he didn't play for a few games. He got benched for a few games afterwards, and this off season he was also talking about how he ended up, you know, he he needed to have a talk with the GM Bobby Webster and the president. Um, Masai Ujiri because he didn't feel like that guy in Toronto and they told him he would be because he's a respected player there now he respects the management but like 
what do you think would have happened if they said, no, you're not that guy. You're not good enough. And not like that. If he didn't like his coach. Like, uh, what, what do you think would have happened if they told him he's not the first option anymore? And he's just well, first of all, a role player uh, now? we got to say goodbye to Max because he has to leave to go meet yeah. Jordan Romano. Yeah, yeah. Um, goodbye, so Max. Enjoy Jordan Romano's company. Yeah, he'll be off the podcast for the rest of the episode, but we'll see him next time. And um, I think that if that would have happened, then, like, he does, he does have the power to leave. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, only, but, like, realistically, even if you're the best player on your team, you can have, like, a crappy team. So, like, only very few players in all of the four major sports have that power to just, like, control their team. Like, we should list them out. It's true. It's true, but... There's LeBron, James. There's Kevin Durant. I think... I okay, think Mike but, Trout commands that. Except, sort of. Yeah, probably Mike Trout. Right now, right now but he would never point. do that. He's such a good guy. But my my point is that if you're like not an all-star caliber player yet, but because but you're the best player on your team because your team's rebuilding, like DeJounte Murray, for example, on the Spurs, yes, he, he doesn't necessarily have that type of power. Or like Pascal Siakam doesn't have that type yeah, of yeah. power. They're more Except, valuable than good. But, no, like, but it, it's, valuability it's because, doesn't always mean that you have power. But Exactly. But it's also because, like, those are the two players, like Pascal on the Raptors and Murray on the Spurs. They're not stars, and they're not able they to don't, command Yeah, they can't command that except, kind of... Except they, all, they also are the players that their teams are building around. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's the same thing, like... DeJounte Murray wouldn't get mad because he knows he's the best player on his team. He knows that he's the, the number one option on that team. But like Pascal, for example, who didn't feel like that, he had to have a conversation about that because he felt like he like everyone knows Pascal Siakam is not a superstar player. He's a borderline all-star. No, and, not not yet. And, I don't think he's he a already did make yet. He's been pretty bad. But anyways, continue. He, ha- he has so, yeah. been a borderline all-star. That. You know, no, he's been an all star. At like, points in his career, he's been very good. But no, he's been an yeah, all star, but, but he's regressed since then. But like, I mean, it's it's he's he's bound to he's bound to his career is it should be on the upward slope at this point. He's yeah, he's, right. he's not regressing because of age. Okay, yeah, he will bounce like, back. But but like as a player, he uh, he doesn't necessarily have the power to say, "I want you to get this guy," or "I want to be traded right now." But he does have the power within the organization. To kind of sway them to do like to make him mm-hmm. the player that he wants to be, and not necessarily go with what the franchise wants to do. He mm-hmm. wants to be the first option for himself, and he wants. You know, I he, agree like, with you on the level that uh, valuable players can sway the mindset of their teams because they can like threaten to leave or whatever. But like, Le- like, like a very few players, like again, like LeBron James like primarily he doesn't have to threaten to leave to like get things done you know yeah like he's just like that kind of guy who who acts like the gm yeah Yeah, i mean he's not gonna threaten to leave no but yeah Um, yeah i mean do do we want to move on to the next topic i feel like yeah yeah uh, we, we should end it after this topic so this will just be kind of like a short one uh so players and athletes platforms on social media 
have become an extremely, extremely uh, popular and uh, important thing recently. And this was only like in the past maybe 10 years since like social media started uh, like, I don't know the word, like popularized game yeah became became popularized yeah. like before yes there were cell phones but like um there was no social media such as instagram facebook twitter so like it, how do you think athletes should use their uh platforms on those apps well i mean i think it's first of all um a lot of i think it's a lot more prominent like active social media users and basketball and football have the most i think baseball and hockey are definitely behind in Uh that category um but i think it's overall it's a good thing i mean it's a good thing where athletes have a chance to speak their minds and and obviously there are some negatives to it um yeah i think a large negative is players getting involved with politics um yeah i don't think like yes people can use their voice to speak out but that's like like i'm sure some people have like uh, thought a specific way or like voted a specific way based on the what like a specific player said yeah. and like Zlatan Ibrahimovic who is like a world-renowned soccer player came out and said that he's not going to use his platform for politics because that is like unjust and I, he doesn't think that players like LeBron should do that because like he he has no political like ability but he's still influences the yeah, opinion of yeah. millions so like yeah like, you know i think for like i think it's it's a good way to connect with fans and do things like that but then afterwards like when you have when the nba went into the bubble for example and like you have every single player in the nba and like commercials and they're all tweeting and the nba is posting all these things about like vote now and you know everyone knows that they're trying to say i'm I'm not gonna like i don't want to get into politics here but and i well no we're, but that's we're, not we're necessarily not gonna, we're, not, we're not gonna share like political opinions on here because that's not what this is but like everyone knows that they were trying to say like vote for joe biden like ev- everything well, within their country was you know a lot of racism there and they have to make a change so like when you're an nba fan and you see every single player in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. The NBA tweeting and LeBron tweeting about do this, vote for him, like vote now. Like, yeah. everyone. I think it, being encouraged to vote is not a bad thing. Uh, uh, to be honest, I mean, th- there's a crowd of people who say completely keep politics out of sports, and there's a crowd of people who are like, it's, it's good that athletes now have this chance to, you know, show their political views and it gives a connection. And I think I'm somewhere in between there. Yeah, I, I don't I'm not part of the crowd that's like, you know, athletes shouldn't, you know, get political at all because I think sometimes it helps create a connection and athletes shouldn't be able to speak their mind. If other people can, they shouldn't have to hide that if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. But then on the other yeah. hand, I don't think they should be, you know, parading around like, you know, if I see, you know, LeBron James like or some or any athlete like wearing a, you know, Trump 2024 shirt or even Biden 2024, I'm like that's that's not necessary. That's a bit that's a bit much. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I think I'm somewhere I think, in between. I think um, I, I'm also kind of in between because, like, I, I think, for example, like, Enos, well, now Enos Freedom is his name, but I think, like, for example, uh, something with him is, like, the way that he speaks up about China and how, like, 
Michael, he doesn't really respect Michael Jordan or LeBron James because they have huge clothing lines and brands, but they're all being made in China by, you know, uh, people that are forced to do that. Like sweatshops. Kind of, yeah. And it's like, I agree with that. And I agree with things like them saying Black Lives Matter. Like, that's that's fine. Except when I, I just, the part that I don't agree with is them, you know, trying to tell people who to vote for or you know pressuring fans to vote now and like things like that i i don't really i don't yeah. respect that i think I that think has to I stay out of encouraging sorts, people think... to vote is necessarily a bad thing to be honest, it's, but... it's a it's Go not on. a it's... bad thing but it's a bad thing if you it's vote for that down person because the player said to like well, it's encouraging it's people like, to vote it's a bad thing when Everybody, like, as, as a professional athlete, everybody knows what side you're on because you've voiced it and, like, who you're voting for and well, what you stand for. And then you're Michael, we can people, hear you. And then you're telling people to, like, go out and also vote for that person. Like, when you say vote now, everyone, mm-hmm. like, everyone knows that you're trying to say vote for this specific person or something like that. And that's... That's why I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, now, well, even like now, the pub, the vac- vaccination in sports is pretty public because you know, if you if you're not vaccinated, you can't really play in Toronto. So yeah. you know now people know, and that and that just creates more of a divide in sports. And I don't think vaccines should be linked linked to politics, but you know what they are. And that's just the, the fact of the matter is they are, at mm-hmm. this point. So you yeah. kind of know anyway now with vaccines, and I and it creates a divide in sports which I don't like, and that's 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 part of where the negative, you know, aspect of athletes on social media like that. That's where that comes in. Yeah, and like athletes well, are, they're they're athletes of course, but they're also like celebrities, and like celebrities, yeah. uh, use their platform, and they say things, and they have to keep a very, like, concise and short speech because they don't want to say the wrong thing, so like. Um, I think that athletes definitely should speak their mind, but like they shouldn't necessarily sway people to think things. Yeah, like, yeah, and I, I think I think the like the whole vaccine thing, for example, is well, not not just necessarily vaccines, but I think a lot of things like who to vote for, vaccinations, like what what certain players stand for and things like that, they become very popular throughout the sports to the point where, like, all athletes kind of agree on the same thing and they're they're all trying to promote the same actions and things. And I just, I think that's fine. Like, say what you want to say, you know, vote for who you want to vote for, get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But and you know, like you, you can say whatever you want, but it's just I don't I don't really like the idea of trying to use sports and so, you know something that people watch for entertainment. Yeah. To yeah. to end up going into politics and trying but, to sway people that's to a, do certain things. That's the thing about social media, though. You know, in the olden days, you had your athletes who you watched on TV. And you know what? Everyone could just look up to them because you didn't know that much about them. There was no social media to spread the word. There was just, you know, newspapers and stuff that showed the box scores and whatever. So now with social media, fans feel a lot more connected to their athletes. With the click of a button, they can talk to an athlete. It's, you know, it's happened to all of us before. In Instagram comments, you reply to an athlete and they reply back. And like, 
you know, it social media has created that aspect, which is definitely one of the good things where fans can communicate with their players with the click of a button, which which is why, you know, that makes it good. It's beneficial. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also like there's also a downside to that where um, like yeah, if, hate, if a celebrity or in this case, an athlete says something like uh, wrong or like some someone thinks it's like morally or um, racially unjust, then they can like find out like where they live, for example. So like yeah, people are more connected people in good ways, but people are also more connected in bad ways. And you can broaden that for like just people in general, but you know. Yeah. 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 Like, I um, think also it's a good way to interact, and yeah. it's a good way, like, not necessarily hateful, but it's also a good way to like debate. And if you like, if you get into arguments, like for example, on social media with certain players, like, who cares? No one cares about that. That's that's just a way to interact, but like. Obviously, hate towards players. Just I don't know. That that's kind of stupid. I I think they don't really care that much about you, so it doesn't really matter. But you know, so I think yes, it's a good way to communicate with fans and to share opinions and things like that. And I'm not saying that they can't share their opinions. Like they want to share their opinions on who to vote for, things like that. That's fine, but. The problem for me is just trying to pressure or sway fans to also go into that direction by, mm-hmm. like, using their power to say, like, you're, you're a huge fan of me, and so now I'm going to tell you what to do with yeah. your life. That, like, that's the part that I just don't completely agree with. Uh, but um, um, athletes, by by definition, have a have a, like, a they have a platform like they every athlete or most athletes that are popular and famous have a platform and i feel like it is kind of their obligation to use it in a respectful manner so like yeah to to spread the word about things and to talk about issues and like because like if if they don't do it then who's who else is going to do it you know yeah like people look up to them and like are inspired by them. So, uh, if they yeah. use their platform to talk about good and positive messages, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think one last thing. I know we didn't really discuss this beforehand, but I think one last thing we should maybe talk about is the MLB lockout right now. Kind of what's happening there and what's going to happen after a new deal is reached, what it could look like. Um, Seth, do you want to get All started right. on that? Maybe? Um, we'll just yeah. make a quick topic here. Okay, so, obviously, in the league, lock it right now. It's it's terribly boring. I hate it so much. You know, there's there's no news coming out. The biggest sense of news we're getting is Socrates Brito, one of the worst Blue Jays of all time, signing for $600,000 in Japan. So, or sorry, I think it was Korea, but um, yeah. And so at the end of the lockout, the the main issues that are keeping them, keeping the sides from reaching a negotiation, I think the biggest one is service time for sure. Players want to get paid earlier. Owners want them to get paid later, and I think that's where they stand. I I think that could take a while to budge, but I'm still holding out hope 
will be good by February when spring training usually starts. So that really is the goal right now for the MLB, I believe. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about this next time when we have more updates on it. But yeah. the NHL league closure, that's like really bad. Yeah, it's tough. And um, right now there was a quote from Kyle Dubas that I'm actually just going to pull up real quick. Um, but it talked about how – here, I've got it right now. He said – they don't even have enough con- NHL contracted players to meet the requirements of playing a game. Right now, they have 14 players and seven coaches po- COVID-19 positive with 24 Marlies players who are their AHL affiliate and five coaches tested positive. So at this point, they don't even have, have enough players to field a team. Mm-hmm. So it's getting a little bit out of hand. Now, there is good news in the NHL side. Since a lot of these players, you know, went at the protocol last week, huge, huge clump of them left protocol i think it was about 60 players who were cleared which is very very good news but you know 60 players get cleared and it seems like 60 players get added back on um one thing i know for sure is that i don't think they'll extend the closure past today i think maybe they give it one or two more days but i think they're gonna have to shut some teams down and i think they're gonna let some teams play some teams now are in the clear but like the leafs it's gonna be a while Leafs fans it's gonna be a while and like could be two weeks this it is really like does. this this happened with the NBA back in 2020 and it was really like it was terrible. Like everyone got COVID-19 and like the fans were uh like like absolutely depressed about it and it was just so bad and I don't want that to it's happen depressing. again. It and is I hope they can get depressing. it under control because there've been well, some clear mistakes with the like the big four uh sports yeah, leagues and like they got to do something right. Yeah, well it... You look at the NBA, for example, and I before I said that I liked the idea that they weren't going to close, that, like they weren't going to shut down because I think this is a virus that we're going to have to live with. And for the like the NHL and NBA are going completely separate directions. But I think my opinion may have changed a little bit on that because as as sad as it is to not be able to watch teams, like at the end of the day, yesterday the Raptors played Cleveland and they lost by 45 points. And the reason for that was because they were forced to play in a game where they had, I think, like seven or eight guys in COVID. Yeah, they, like half they had team, four. They had four regular players. They had Delano Banton, Svi Mihailuk, Chris Boucher, and Utah Watanabe. Yeah. And then the other four guys were guys that they signed to 10-day hardship exemptions out of the G League. And they lost by 45 points. And I think, like, if the NHL were to continue right now, I think, obviously, I'm talking about the Toronto teams a lot because that's who I watch. But I think, like, for the Leafs, for example, I think they might be fine. But actually, no, I don't think they would No, be absolutely fine they wouldn't be fine. They, they, don't have, even have, they don't even have contracted players. They can't call anyone yeah. up anymore. They, ha- they have, like... They're going to have to start going to... Talent-wise, talent-wise right now, like talent-wise right now, they have their best defenseman, if they had to play a game, would be Timothy Lilligrick right now with Joseph Wall and Nett and Ian Scott backing up. Like Who's never played in NHL games. You can't play with that. And like in the NBA, I, I still like the idea of them... Kind, like I, I like the idea of them trying to continue to play because like when when Toronto played Cleveland yesterday Cleveland was like almost fully healthy they didn't have Jared Allen but they had all their regulars like Kevin Love Darius Garland 
They didn't have Colin Sexton, but like then the Raptors game should have been postponed because they didn't have like they had eight players. Oh yeah, that's completely you can't unfair. Play with eight players. And at and, the end of the you know at the end of the season when it's when it comes time for playoffs, the Raptors you know are gonna remember these three games these you know however many games they're gonna have to play with you know yeah. half of their roster out and and that's costly like that that's just isn't that just isn't fair. Yeah, well, I feel like I feel like in the NBA a lot. I I don't know if it's just like I don't know I I I feel like there's a lot of bias towards big market team and yeah. like superstar players. Like I feel like if the Lakers were in the same situation with like LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, all their starting players out and they had to play with like Rajon Rondo, Isaiah Thomas and Dwight Howard and Taylor Horton Tucker to sign five other players. Like there's there's no way the NBA isn't postponing that game. Because at the end of the at the end of the day, I really I don't like the NBA because I like like I like watching basketball, but I don't like them as a. You mean you don't because, like the NBA management? Yeah, like they focus, they focus so much on just the business part and what's gonna make them more money. Like, they focus they know, so much on the top five most yeah valuable like, teams, and then the rest are all crap. Like they know with the Raptors, they don't give. I think the Raptors have. I I don't think they have a single nationally televised game this year. Yeah, they because they've won. They're, they're the only international team, so they're not going to give them any uh, internationally televised games because they're not going to be shown on ESPN. Like we have Sportsnet and TSN here, TSN. which is completely different from all of the U.S. And so no no one cares about the Raptors in the U.S. Like no one cares about our team right now. The, so. They can play. They don't. They don't care about the Raptors. But like for the Lakers, like probably the most popular team in the NBA with, you know, a, a bunch of star players there. If those guys were out and they were forced to sign a bunch of G League guys, they know that no one would watch that game, even though every single one of their games is nationally televised. Like they know that nobody would watch that Lakers game without LeBron and Russ, so they would cancel that game. And that's the part that I hate about the NBA. There's just obviously there's going to be bias to bigger market teams in every sport because those are the teams that make the league a ton of money. But there's just so much bias mm-hmm. in in the NBA. Like it, I I hate it so much. Yeah, it's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see like what there is to do though. Like, uh, of course, there's bias towards like the Lakers, the Knicks, all the very valuable teams that are worth billions but like you can't like really just get like a new like adam silver and like just replace him like there's got to be like a whole adam gold renovation of the entire league and like they need i think they need to shop new ideas and just figure out the root issues and see what's going on i mean i think at this point it's not it's not even a concern for them because the revenues are fine off just you know internationally off the american team no but it's been low lately it's been really low. It, yeah. It oh, that it it has. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. every every league is on the decline right now because of no, COVID. but especially the NBA, like the finals in the twenty, like Heat versus Lakers finals was the least viewed finals of all time. Like four four million people watched it. Like that's terrible. Yeah, that that is low. Yeah. I mean, 
Like revenues okay, are so way down. What What do you do? What do you do? You add another Canadian team? Does that help, or do, or do you add another? You relocate? You add another no, franchise? No, they're, they're trying like, to. He's thinking like like Adam Silver said he would be open to adding four to six new teams. Um, but where do where do those teams go though? Like, you know, like it's I think got, yeah, exactly. Like it's there has to be, be like, one of those in Canada because yeah, there aren't got, that many yeah. more markets. Than Vancouver, the Vancouver, or Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver, Seattle will get one back. See, sad, Seattle. Seattle yeah, probably gets one back. New Mexico. Yeah, I, think, I think they're already planning one for Seattle. It's I think New Mexico. Or I think like leagues are sort of phasing Seattle back in because they realize, oh wait, that's a market that we haven't tapped in a while. So or like yeah. sort of getting back to it. Team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, they have the Spurs. Yeah. They got the but Rockets. All, all I can say is they got the Mavericks. No that's York a lot. Teams. That's all I don't no think they will. I mean, th- actually, they could go to Buffalo. I mean, that is possible. But uh, if they yeah, if they're looking at the Sabers model but... right now, the Sabers are they. I mean, they have they have their fans who are there are passionate, but they don't have a lot of fans because they're you're either a Rangers fan or an Islanders fan. If you're a Sabers fan, you're like on the outs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. I know we already said last topic a bunch of times, um, but this is actually going to be the last one. Just quickly, because I don't Go know ahead. how we forgot this, but we have to talk about the World Juniors, which started yesterday. Oh, yeah. And um, you see, like, Canada Power obviously won six. Yeah, yeah Team Power. Canada won six to three over the Czech Republic, and Owen Power became Not the first. That's crazy. Owen Power became how the first defenseman. defenseman? How does that I mean, happen? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's preface this by he became, saying. Actually, he became the first defenseman in World Junior yeah, um, yeah, history yeah. for Team Canada to record a hat. Canadian, so. yeah. So, I mean, like, the goalie, the team check goalie, like, he was not great. I'm, I'm not yeah, going to lie. He... Owen Power had that goal. Like, that was, like, I I think I could have saved it. Like, it was, like, off his blocker. He was, like, so deep in that. It was just such a strange yeah. goal. Yeah. But, I mean, Owen Power, the thing about the, um, the 2021 NHL draft is there was no consensus number one overall pick. So, Sabres, yeah. you know, some people thought of it as a reach. Some people thought it was the right move. But. Nonetheless, it's a good sign for Sabres fans that Owen Power got a hat trick, and he, he looked very good. Looked mm-hmm. looked very, very. Honestly, good. though, I feel like the best player on this um, Team Canada team looks like Mason McTavish right now. I agree. He he looks I amazing. I feel like the Sabres he honestly would have been better off drafting him, and he got drafted third well, overall to Anaheim. So he, but he looks he looks really good. That that first goal was amazing, um, but um, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Team Canada's goalie also really was not great. There were Who's a few their goalie? Is it Sebastian Cossa? Uh, no. Why well, can't he, I get the no, box it, score on? I think he is, it's but still... he didn't start. Yeah, yeah, game. yeah. They, they were good um, a lot. And it, it's just against the Czech, so they probably used Yeah, it. they were good as a whole, like, though. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I watched personally, good, but... I watched most of Russia, Sweden. I watched a little bit of United States, Slovakia, and I watched most of Canada, Czech. And I have to like I have to say I thought I thought um I thought that sorry, I didn't watch Russia Sweden. I watched Finland Germany mostly and I thought that um Leafs prospect Toppy Niemo looked really, really good and I think that's that's one of the seals of the draft. Like is this of like the a draft new, in twenty twenty. Do you think this new generation is promising? Yeah, extremely. I think yeah. it's gonna be some of the best hockey we're gonna see, you know, maybe in ever. This new generation, this new okay. wave is cool. amazing. That's I great. just I want to go back to Team Canada for a second. The um, the starting goalie goaltender was Dylan uh, Durand. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I'm he, not sure. He gave up three goals on seventeen shots, but 
I think Team Canada played. I don't even think Team Canada played like that well defensively. I think they were just like Team Canada is just so dominant that they always have the puck. Like they don't give it up. It's always in the other end. So they don't really have to play very well defensively because it's not mm-hmm. on their end. But the goaltending wasn't great. Like three goals on seventeen shots. Um, Against the Czech. There were, Their yeah, offense there is were, not exactly potent. Yeah, th- there were seven shots in the first period, and he gave up all three goals in that period, and then he faced ten shots the rest of the game. Like that, yeah, That's so. insane. Ten shots through two periods is horrible. Um, but so, yeah, I think, I think, you know, that it wasn't a great game from him. Um, the three goals that were scored were all scored within – 49 seconds that uh, the Czech Republic had the puck really? in Canada's end. So that, that that's pretty horrible. Well, does that and also like, speak to the defense? Maybe? It does. It, yeah, I think the defense is definitely worse this year from last year because last year throughout the whole tournament, they, um, they obviously lost in the gold medal game, but they gave up six goals that whole tournament. and They've already given they, up three to the Czech. Yeah, and they and they already led. They led every single game. They they didn't. They were never trailing a game in last year's tournament until uh, the gold medal game where the U.S. opened the scoring and went up one nothing. They hadn't trailed in a single game until then. So uh, who does who does Germany have worse, on there? But who does Germany? Germany have? is Luka Munzenberger, and that's about it. Last year they had um Tim Stutzler, who is one of the best. One of the best prospects. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. He, he he's maybe one of the best German prospects there's ever been. And um, now that he's gone, I mean they don't really have much. So I don't think Germany's yeah. going to be great this year. I don't think Austria's going to be also, great. But they're never. What about gonna Finland? Good. Finland's going to be really good. Finland, yeah, Finland looks yeah. good. Finland's got and, Finland's um, got um some least prospects on it. So I'm rooting for Finland. And uh, on the U.S., Matthew Nyes, the other yeah, least prospects, prospect, scored a goal in, in the first game. Um, I mean, the World Juniors. If 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 you haven't tuned in yet, World Juniors are so much fun to watch. They really are a lot of fun. Yeah, they're especially since yeah. there's no hockey on. But something that really surprised me from watching that game yesterday was, like, I I feel like I haven't, I I watched the gold medal game last year, but like I never really focused that much on the yeah, World Juniors. Either. I will this year though. But like, like something that really surprised me was the hits they were throwing. Like they were throwing yeah. massive hits. I think in, it was um. Game, I think. Well, it they was, have a, was, they're young. Was, they have a lot of energy, you know. It was Caden well, Gooley, captain of Team Canada, who was throwing around massive hits. Yeah, you like he, 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 he also he, like I, I feel like he had in college basketball and football. They're a lot more energetic on defense, and they are a lot more aggressive too. Yeah. Like, do we have anything on football game. for a little bit for the last couple minutes? Oh, we'll do we that next time. Um, We're gonna yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be more football focused next time. Yeah. Well, Max is knows the most about football here, and he's our football coordinator. Um, but yeah, I feel like for Team Canada, sorry, who was it? Gooley? Yeah, Kid Gooley. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had to have like upwards of five hits. In yeah, that I game. mean, and like good ones also. Abs but fans are probably milking the, milking the crap out of this yeah. one because they, they have nothing to smile at right now. But yeah, yeah he's, well, he's a Habs prospect. So. It's also. What a man. It's also because um, they, they're younger players. So, and a lot of them are trying to prove, prove like a lot. 
by just yeah, scoring and the, getting points on the board. And they're not playing very smart, kind of skating through the open ice, trying to beat everyone, which is leaving them a lot more vulnerable to big hits. But, um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think this topic was a good way to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, um, thanks to everyone who tuned in today uh, for the second episode of the Dynasty Sports Podcast. And next time we will also be doing some very interesting topics so we hope that you join yeah tune in again yeah, yeah. uh all right please we both yes yeah bye peace bye everyone